Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever known someone who has an inferiority complex? Perhaps you yourself have struggled with that very thing. Wikipedia defines an inferiority complex as a consistent feeling of inadequacy, often resulting in the belief that one is in some way deficient or inferior to others, and as a result, which may cause an individual to overcompensate in a number of ways. Now, in some cases, the inferiority may just be imagined, but in other cases, it might be a, a more or less accurate estimation of reality. Now, whether or not you have an inferiority complex, for all of us, the reality is that in the spiritual realm, in regard to spiritual matters, we, in fact, are inferior, whether we admit it or not. The Bible tells us that by nature, because of the sinful nature that we inherited from our parents who inherited it all the way back from our first ancestors, from Adam and Eve, by that nature we are enemies of God and totally opposed to his will. The sinful nature is a sickness that is terminal, that always leads to death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin, or the consequence of sin, is death. And in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, this truth can fill us with fear and with guilt. It can bring frustration because it may make us feel that no matter how hard we try, we will always fail because of our sinful nature. In today's sermon text, the great apostle Paul tells us how we can be led from frustration to faith. And Paul, we see in this section from Romans chapter 7, was frustrated spiritually. He wrote in verse 19 of our reading, I fail to do the good I want to do. Instead, the evil I do not want to do, that is what I keep doing. And he gives us his own spiritual autobiography of a sort and lays bare his heart and soul. Sin brought Paul to frustration and feelings of, of abject failure. Remember from earlier on in Paul's life how before he became a Christian, he actually persecuted the early Christians. In the book of Acts, we see that Stephen, the deacon and the evangelist, was stoned to death because he dared to publicly preach and proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of the whole world. And it was Paul, then known by his Hebrew name Saul, who watched over the cloaks, the outer garments of the men who murdered Stephen, that first Christian martyr. And right away after that, we read in Acts chapter 3 that Saul was trying to destroy the church by going into one house after another, dragging off both men and women and putting them in prison. Before his conversion, Paul persecuted the early Christians. 
And he's not the only hero of faith who was guilty of some shameful, sordid sin. Think about in the Old Testament, perhaps one of the greatest, uh, most respected character of all, King David. The same David who wrote in, in the cherished psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Who wrote in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. This same poet, King David, committed adultery and then tried to cover up his shameful sin by ordering the husband of the violated woman to be killed on the front line of battle and to be, by being abandoned when all the rest of his fellow soldiers pulled back at the command of the general, leaving him standing by himself to be cut down, slaughtered by the enemy army. Besides the Apostle Paul's sin of persecuting Christians before he himself became a Christian, the words that he wrote that we read from Romans chapter 7 show that his struggle against temptation and sin continued long after he became a Christian, and perhaps even intensified in the depth of that struggle. Sin brings frustration and failure. And so Paul writes in verse 24 of our reading, What a miserable wretch I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Have you ever felt like that? Do you ever share this dark, dismal feeling that the Apostle Paul had? Do you ever feel like your spiritual life is sometimes a fraud or a failure? Does your conscience ever nag and gnaw at you, lambasting you with a long list of your sins and your shortcomings? Like Paul and David and so many others, do you have a skeleton in your closet that you hope and pray that no one else finds out about? Yes, you and I are also spiritually frustrated. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have inherited a sinful nature, and this original sin shows itself again and again in our daily lives in so many different ways. Perhaps our life is tainted by foul language or compromised morality. There's greed and gossip, pride and pettiness, lust and laziness all in the lives of those who profess to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus and of God's will. Sin brings frustration, fear, and failure. It leads to despair, discouragement, depression, and defeat. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, over 40 million adults in the United States have an anxiety disorder. About 20 million adults in America have alcohol or drug use disorder. More than 31 million Americans suffer from depressive illness every year. When we look at the, the news reports, we see uh, all kinds of reports about crime and violence throughout our city and around our country. And we see reports about wars and, and terror attacks that happen around the world. 
We see that sin leads to doom, destruction, and death. Does all of this make you feel fearful? Are you disheartened, discouraged, depressed? Through the power of the gospel, we can be led from this frustration to the hope and confidence of faith through Jesus. The Apostle Paul himself was cheered by the good news of the gospel. There is hope and help, even in the midst of this frustration from our struggles with sin. Hear the Apostle Paul again as he concludes this section of our reading, starting from verse 24. What a miserable wretch I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Then he continues in verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news of the gospel of salvation through Jesus changed Saul from the persecutor of Christians into the, the boldest preacher and apostle of the gospel who is willing to put his own life on the line in order to share this eternal life-giving message with people in many places around the known world at that time. This good news of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus provided Paul with the strength that he needed for that ongoing battle within himself against temptation and sin. You and I also have that same hope of the good news of the gospel. Jesus went to death on the cross for you and for me. He took our place to pay the full penalty and price for all of our sins. And so now in the sight of God the Father, through the death of Jesus on the cross, you and I stand before him perfect, and holy, and free from any sin or guilt. Paul wrote to the Christians in the Greek city of Corinth, God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Paul assured the Christians at Rome, if God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things along with him? And so as a result, Paul writes, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, who was slain for our sins and raised for our righteousness, is our only Savior from sin. And so we can bring all of our worries, all of our woes and torture and torment, the, the angst that we feel within our souls, we can bring it all to Jesus and hear him say, do not let your heart be troubled. Only a life that has received faith, love, and hope from God can be a joyful, abundant life. And this glorious gospel, this good news of the full forgiveness of our sins through Jesus is the cure for our sickness of sin. Jesus can turn us from frustration to faith. He promises forgiveness of sins and, and guidance amid the perplexing problems that we face in life. Through faith in Jesus, we can face life with courage and with complete confidence in his care and protection. 
the good news of the gospel brings us mercy. We don't have to stumble and, and fumble our way through life. No, our loving God opens his heart to us and makes known to us his marvelous mercy. His amazing love in Christ Jesus redeems our souls from sin. We are freed from the burden of our guilty conscience. Jesus, who, who lived the perfect life of love for us, he willingly took our place on the cross and died for our sins and rose from the dead in order to give us the guarantee of eternal life with him in heaven. He is our Savior from sin. And so now we can go through the busy week that lies ahead and the rest of our lives unafraid and unworried because our loving Lord holds us in the palm of his mighty hands. And he promises to guard and protect us from all evil. And so we say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.